your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. All right, Talking Power podcast, episode 130. You've got a new intro there, and I'm joined by... I'm Nick DiCembri. I'm joined by co-host Simon Gonzo-Travellini and Todd Brinkworth over there. How are you guys? Was that was that like the spider bait meets the 12th man? Is that, <laughs> is that what was going on? That's, that's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you like the music. Yeah, it was. And you it's like that, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. How are we, guys? You yeah. go. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm relaxed. It's a new year, new job, new, new things going on. It's just great, you know. Just yeah, it's good. And Simon, yourself, stressed out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stressed out. Stressed out. Can't believe what's going on in this state. Can't believe what's going on in my local council. In your, lo- in your local council. In my sorry. local council. Yeah. I put in a. There's a. They're building next door, and I, I put in a. Uh, you know, like I got the thing sent out. Now you got to do it online. In the old days, they send you out a letter saying, "This is the variations to the R code that the builder has submitted. What do you think?" Um, now it's all online. So I read it. One of the variations, you know, you talk about variations normally like a you know, hundred mil or two hundred mil. You know, ten centimeters, twenty centimeters, something like. That. It's like seven meters. They're trying to build a decking that there's no. I don't even think. In, in uh, R60 or, or R00 zoning, you'd be able to build that decking. Like, uh, I don't know if they're planning on having dance parties there or I don't know what the story is. So now I have to rush through, you know, you would expect that um, they would give you some notice. So yeah. I received an email this afternoon that they said they sent this morning. Like, that makes a big difference. Um, and basically there's a meeting tomorrow night at the council chambers and I have to do a submission before one thirty tomorrow. And she said, oh, well... Can you send it through now? And I said, no, I'll send it through at 129. Well, why would I send it through now? You've given me lots of time to prepare it. So. Okay. I physically got to go there and, and state my case. Yeah, so okay. basically, uh, the next door neighbour is going to have two ginormous windows about, you know, 20 centimetres away from my fence. And they're going, oh, it doesn't matter, your driveway's there. Yeah, now my driveway's there. When I build a new house, my house is going to be there. <laughs> this is, this is Bayswater. Bayswater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You know how we've got a lot of setback? Yes. But yes. obviously when I you know, develop, I'm going to be building right there. So, mm. And the decking, oh, and, and on top of that, this is another classic, classic council, you know, just what you learn to expect these days. Um, so they rezoned that whole area, R60, a while back. And then the West Australian Planning Commission revoked the, the zoning. So it's R25 now, right? Now, they revoked the zoning because the uh, council's um, uh, green canopy policy didn't fit in with the R60 zoning. Bearing in mind that just down the road, same council, um, it's been rezoned up to R00, which is six-storey. And then if, mm. you, if you get a, a known artist to... I don't know, paint the wall green or something, you can ask for a 50% increase, which brings it up to nine storeys, right? So this is literally walking distance, okay? And no one said anything about green canopy, and it was the WAPC that went over the top of the council and approved it. So the council knocked it back, and the WAPC approved it. 
funnily enough, Pin Dance broke now. But anyway, <laughs> that's another whole story. That is another whole story. Anyway, so, so the WAPC knocked back the R60 zoning because of the green canopy policy. And one of the things that the builders submitted is he has to put a driveway in. So he has to get rid of the council tree. And they're fine with that as long mm. as you pay them $1,500. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so you can buy green canopy apparently. It's $1,500. Shout out to the city of... <clears throat> <laughs> anyway. One of the best councils in Perth and have been for a long time, I believe. Ask them about their nuclear policy back in the late 80s. Anyway, <laughs> that's narrowed it down for some listeners that are with me. <laughs> anyway, so I've got yeah. that hanging over my head and obviously all the rule changes regarding vaccination, which you yeah. know, is having a huge impact on my business. Yeah. Um, and and the sport of drag racing and the sport of burnouts and the car show culture and even events like you know mm. the small things, which I've read the recommendation from the chief medical officer because I've been to and fro with emails to the government because you know this government has had a, a long time very vocal, been very very vocal about bullying mm. and and effectively. You know, and, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer before anyone jumps to any conclusions. I'm double-vaxxed. I've got my Safe WA app. I've got the little tick and the thing and the shimmering coat of arms. <laughs> I've got it. I'm done. It's all sorted. Have been for a long time. Was one of the first in line, yeah. you remember, yeah. you know, because of uh, trying to protect my, my um, in-laws and uh, be able to travel. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is nothing short of bullying. I'll read you a quote from, from um, Dr. Roberts, who's our, our chief mm-hmm. health officer, Dr. Andy Roberts. Um, so he, he, says, he says this, we should continue hotel quarantine only for high-risk unvaccinated overseas travellers. So I, I don't understand that because I, as far as I understand, you can't get into Western Australia unless you're double-vaxxed, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're coming from Australia or, or from overseas. So, you know, which is it? Are, are we... Are we allowing unvaccinated people into... My understanding is no. No. So th- that statement is, you know, very contradictory. The second thing is, um, is, is he says quite clearly here, as part of those measures, I recommend further restrictions on entrance to certain facilities or venues if people are not fully vaccinated. I advise that these restrictions should be expanded to discretionary areas that are known to be high risk of transmission generally due to the inability to use other forms of mitigation such as mask wearing or physical distancing right this is directly from dr robert's report his recommendation to the premier directly to the premier the quinana motorplex is an open air venue it has enough seating capacity that it could easily accommodate a reduction in the maximum attendees to ensure social distancing and a mask mandate, even though completely ridiculous for an outdoor venue, could ensure that people are protected there. You know, instead of imposing this, this double vax restriction, which has had a huge impact because it's not necessarily that everyone that goes there is, is not double vaxxed. You might have a team with 10 members, and as you know from your own experiences crewing for me, everyone's got a job. Now, you lose one of those members because they're not double-vaxxed. You can't race. You've mm. got to retrain someone and find someone to begin with. And then you've got the, the actual staff at the motorplex. You've got the Andrew Stewards. You know, you've got 
the spectators. It's going to have a huge impact. Then you've got the small car shows. So now if you've got more than 500, regardless of it's an outdoor event, you have to ask, and you're liable to $100,000, $100,000 and $20,000 for the, the person that... that uh, it's ridiculous, just ridiculous. Small-time promoters, small car clubs, even big car clubs, won't run that risk. They just won't have events. So even. there's also an email going around, uh, which I don't know the credibility of it. I've read it. Um, it seems legit and it makes perfect sense. And, and it basically says that um, a mandate isn't law. Legislation is law. Exactly right. And, and um, as such, these are just open threats. And, and if that's true, that's even worse because this just goes back to the bullying. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like I said, the reality is that even with the, the unvaccinated, you know, being high risk, you know, we keep seeing the numbers. In Sydney, it's about 50-50, vaccinated to unvaccinated in hospital, but you've got to understand that those unvaccinated represent 10% of the population, you know, and the vaccinated represent 90%. So obviously, if you've got the same number of people in hospital, then, yeah, you're a, you're a lot higher risk. And, and I'm not trying to get into a debate with, you know, anti-vaxxers or anything like that. The point is, it just seems ridiculous to, to bring all these... Measures in, you know, I, I went out to tea uh, with my wife, and you know that, that we got the new restrictions in it at six o'clock yep. on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, where we went on Sundays is normally packed, like it is packed. It's noisy. There was us there, and another um, uh, wasn't a couple. It was t- uh, two um, mums with their kids. Um, that was it. The whole place was empty. So the roll-on effects that this is going to have, I don't think anyone really can understand how uh, much it's going to affect, you know, small businesses. And it's really sad because, you know, like all of my guys are uh, fully vaxxed, you know. It's just just sad. And we don't begrudge anyone for not getting it, for getting yeah. it. Oh, we've no, been no. saying that all along on this podcast. Yeah. I, I, yep, I've got mine. I was one of the first as well. I'm, I'm actually due, I'm slightly overdue for my booster, to be honest. I'm getting that tomorrow. And with regards to that, this is, um, I, I would be close, I imagine, if not overdue, you know, like yourself. Um, there will be, from what I've read, a uh, Omricon, or however you pronounce it, um, booster specifically designed so that the spike protein it it, it uh, hunts down basically that it knows to attack is that version because that's what's changed between alpha beta you know delta etc um, to this latest version that's you know highly transmissible but not seeming to have as big an effect in putting people into hospital the actual spike protein has changed and a lot of people have argued you know whether they're or not that it may well be trying to defend itself against a vaccine. So it's found a way that, well, the vaccine doesn't recognise this. So, you know, I'll, I'll change the, the spike protein. But they say that there's going to be a version. And I'll be honest with you, I'm thinking about waiting till March when that comes out because at least that's going to afford you some protection against that, you know. Omicron, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I've got no issues with... And we've said that... Um, to our uh, staff and subcontractors, we don't care if you are or not, but we need your certificates and 
in the event of us going into lockdown, if you're not, then you can't come to work. The first thing is, who exactly are you trying to protect with, with these restrictions? You know, the vaccinated or the unvaccinated? Because I, I, don't, I, don't I don't really understand that. Um, will there be compensation for businesses that are affected by these restrictions? That, that's a really... That is probably question number one. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you're trying to protect the unvaccinated, then tell them that, right? Explain that, that this is... We're doing this for your good. But they're saying that the... the and this is where it makes completely no sense. Um, they're saying that uh, they're protecting the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. You know, I, I saw... It's wrong. A, that I, messaging is... In, I don't like that messaging. No, well, I mean, if the vaccine works, then, <laughs> you know... So, so I saw a video just before I came here, and it was a guy at a swimming pool. He's about to jump in to take a, a, a swim, and the other guy says, you have to wear this, and gives him a... Um, a uh, uh, life-saving, a life jacket. Mm -hmm. And he goes, but I know how to swim. And he goes, no, no, you have to wear this. And, you know, like basically pressuring him to wear it. And then he tells him that if he doesn't wear it, the other people that are already in the pool wearing the life jackets, their life jackets won't work. And this is the same reasoning if you think about it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so move, moving on. Um, has the state government modelled how people's mental health will be affected by these restrictions and what effect it will have on our health system? So, you know, you've got 760 people that is, is what the maths suggests will go to hospital. How many are going to go to health, uh, to mental, hospital for mental, mental health Mental health issues? is already a, our biggest issue that we're facing in the, in the hospitals. Right. So the next question is, will these people that cannot work be eligible for compensation? Because, you know, like if we go into lockdown and, and if you're in an industry that uh, has been targeted now, so for example, uh, I know someone that, that's a, a chef uh, at a restaurant, he can't work now. Mm. He, he has been, his boss has contacted him and said, if, you, if you're not vaccinated, mate, you can't come in. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't go in there unless you're double vaccinated. So no. how can yeah. you work? Yeah. You know what I mean? It was a bit like the, the whole Dokovic thing. So he's allowed to play, he's not vaccinated, but he's not allowed to sit in the crowd and watch. Doesn't hmm. make any sense, does it? You know, and, and if you're taking the federal view, uh, which is one of my, my um, uh, uh, questions, so, so those people, uh, you know, when they get laid off, are they going to be eligible for compensation? That's another, you know. But one of my other questions is, if you're allowed to come into the country, um, based on the fact that you've had COVID in the last six months and you've got natural immunity, does that, does that mean that, you know, you should be able to get some sort of natural immunity pass on your Safe WA app? Because if the federal government accepts that, shouldn't the state government, you know, like, hmm. so you, oh, no, look, you're allowed into the country. When you get here, you've got to sit in the hotel room. <laughs> you're, not allowed to, you're not allowed to do anything, you know what I mean? It's, it just seems uh, ridiculous, you know, um, but I'm not sure the federal government does accept recent COVID infection. If you read the document that they referred to, that's what it says. If you've had COVID in the last six months, we'll accept that as being double vaxxed. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's there. It's in black and white. That's the, the document that they kept referring to. And last but not least, how come the AFLW... That sh this should be question number one, sorry. ...was granted an exemption... But the Motorplex had to cancel the event. No one can answer that question. What? But why do they just get, like, say something? 
Say because we like footy, but hey, yeah, whatever, whatever. We, you know, we did the maths. He distanced himself from that. That was not not his decision. So he's well, it doesn't matter whose decision it was. Someone needs to be held accountable. But, I mean, even the, the language. Have you guys seen the language change from eradication to Trumpian living with COVID? Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, there was a there was a meme that I saw on Facebook, and it was, you know, the the the, the transformation of the narrative from twenty twenty to where we are now, and it has completely changed. Hundred percent. I remember when when they were saying this government was saying, oh, well, we're not, you know, living with COVID. What sort of an idiot would say that? And I don't know what sort of an idiot would say that. <laughs> Anyway, I, uh, anyway. I, I, I applaud you for taking the time to put Look, this Look, I, I just think that it is ridiculous. And, and by the way, just so everyone knows, right, um, if you – and this, this is the thing, right? Really, my, you know, drag racing is pretty much a, a club event. It's really like a, um, you know, a, a – um, a small group of people. Yeah, you could argue right. it is a club event. I don't think everyone's a member of Wadra, but yeah. My, my. Okay, so the, the Chief Health Officer has uh, openly awarded exemptions. So this is in the latest deal, right? Um, to community or school-based sporting events, regardless of the size of the events. Mm. Okay, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you remember that back in the days of Perry Lakes, Mm-hmm. There used to be thousands of people there. Yep. So that's allowed to go ahead, mm-hmm. right? Which is going to be a super spreader event, let's mm-hmm. face it. Yep. Anything like that is going to be a super spreader event. But the motorplex where, you know, it's open air, there's plenty of room, you know, you could mandate masks if you really wanted to. You've got race fuel to, you know, filter oh, out the COVID. That's the thing. Like, you know, even <laughs> the, the competitors are nowhere near each other. And, and Nick will tell you this. You know, when we're down there racing, we really don't want to be around other teams. You no. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, I've been down there and seen that. <laughs> About the only yeah. time we walk over, so what lane do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what lane do you want? Yeah. That's about it. Do you have a spare set of jets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never do, do they? No, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, not that size. No, no. I thought I saw 10 <laughs> boxes in you. <laughs> nah. Anyway. No, no 90s anyway. here at all. Yeah. All right, so on the drag racing, uh, uh, Tim Slavin passing away from yeah, COVID. Yeah, really sad, sad story. Tim Slavin's the, the giant slayer, we should call him. Uh, few, not that long ago, ran some, you know, held the record in what was arguably a street... It's not a street car, but... No, it was, but it was, it was, a, it was a real car. It was a, a steel roof and quarter panel yeah, car. Yeah, so. it certainly was. Uh, passed away uh, just last week. And uh, look, our condolences to Tim Slavin's family on his passing um you know he's going to be sorely missed in the radio world and um you know yeah yeah just a yeah record holder at the time and um yeah succumbed to to unfortunately COVID-19 so yeah we pass on our condolences to his family and all the drag racing fraternity in in uh, in the United States because um you know great great man Tim Slavens in his Camaro Now, some big, big shakers and moves in the NHRA, Nick. So, I I don't know if you guys have been following this at all, but, um, you know, we saw the mega teams for a long time dominating Don Shoemaker, um, John Force, 
Um, moving into this season, we're seeing a lot of privateers uh, making the numbers up, and it started to bring that that real, you know, hunger back, mm. you know, for qualifying and so on. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm really, really excited and looking forward um, to seeing what happens. There's a big move some, with some crew chiefs, some new young guys getting a, a, a crack at the big show. Um, just, just amazing to see so many new teams, so many new... And these are people that haven't just come into the sport with a big checkbook. They've worked their way up from bracket racing and, you know, gotten uh, from Pro Mod to Nostalgia Nitro to Big Show Nitro. It's just amazing, absolutely amazing. And uh, I think 2022 is going to be a huge season. We're going to see some of the, the good, you know, old-fashioned drag racing rivalry. And I don't know if you know this or not, but there's two events big money events that work on a call-out system. No, I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's going to be two big, so shootouts within shootouts where the drivers can call each other out, much in the same way as the um, mm. no, prep no prep series. Yep, yep. And what the NHRA is trying to do is they're trying to take elements of all these series that are becoming really exciting and, and, and great fun to watch and mm. great for the crowd to, to get involved in mm. and try and merge them into NHRA. So yeah, okay. the days of... You know, Top Fuel, Nitro Funny Car, Pro Stock, um, they're still there and they're still very important, but they're bringing, you know, the Pro Mod feel in and, and you're going to see other stuff um, coming in and a, a lot of new stuff coming in the electric zone as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, that's exciting. And uh, Tony Stewart and Leah Pruitt and Tyler Knott and uh, forming a bit of a mega team there as well. Yeah, they, there, was, uh, there was some comments on the NHRA podcast about... Um, uh, that they're they're uh, they're working flat out. Um, they're living in the the car park and the new facility in the motorhome. And um, uh, Tony uh, uh, Tony Pedregon uh, said, "Yeah, you know, but can you imagine what the motorhome looks like? Oh, no, it's okay. so, yeah. it's all like camping trip or something, mm. <laughs> you know." <laughs> Uh, Tony Stewart of NASCAR fame. I mean, I, I'm, it's an amazing story, his, of, you know, switching over to the NHRA. And uh, reminds me of another driver. We'll talk about him a bit later on that's made the switch. He's gone He's gone the other way from drag racing to circuit racing, T- but we'll talk about him a bit later on. Turning left? He's going left and right. Left and right. <laughs> left oh, and right. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about him a bit later. Hey, we're going to take a short break here and we'll be back with more of the Talking Podcast, Talking Power Podcast, right after the break. Talking Power Podcast, the latest news. New Turtle Land Cruiser 300 Series has been awarded for the first time in 14... I shouldn't laugh. For the first time in 14 years, five-star and cat rating. So congratulations to Toyota. On, Which means on they that. can make it a mining vehicle now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it yeah. already... Well, it kind of already <laughs> was, but now this will really... Yeah, really <clears throat> bolster their sales. So congratulations to all those at Toyota. Do you think that that happened... You know, do you think that that happened because the mining companies said, please, we don't want to have to buy anymore? <laughs> Did they go and yeah. say, look, these might, you know, be safer if they're rolled over or crashed, but we actually need them to be able to drive under their own power. <laughs> or maybe that's why they're safer. Because <laughs> they don't go. Because they don't. Because <laughs> they're, they're constantly on hoist getting repaired. 
<laughs> anyway. Anyway, the GWM is pleased to offer customers across Australia and New Zealand uh, the new H6 Vanta. That is it there on the screen there for those that are watching. Oh, the Havel. Yeah, yeah, yep. The Havel. What's uh, GWM? H- that's the parent company of um, Havel, GWM, another Chinese manufacturer. Only a thousand of those units will be exa- uh, available in Australia, so they're they're on their way to Australia. The H6 Vanta. You know, I've got a friend who's got a Havel, bought a brand new for his wife, mm. and he compared it to a Mercedes in terms of its luxury. Yeah, right. Okay, so they are pretty... I mean, that looks pretty neat. I mean, uh, it does look pretty nice. Yeah, like a I'd Mustang. Go, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go out and buy one, but it's not It's not the I'm ugliest just, thing no, I've seen. Look, I don't... He just reckoned the luxury features on it are incredible. Heated seats and mm. heated steering wheel. In supercar news, Jonathan Webb has sold Team Sydney... To Victorian drag racer Peter Zyberus. So, wow! Peter Zyberus is dipping his toe into V8 supercars. So, congratulations to Peter. This was the I was referring to before. He's gone from drag racing to supercars. That oh. is incredible, mate. That is incredible. He has had such a huge impact on top fuel. You know, uh, just amazing, amazing. Yeah. So, congratulations to Peter. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see um, how he goes over there at supercars. I'm trying to think of someone that's made the switch from drag racing to supercars, and I am unable to think of anyone in the history of drag racing that's been able to go over to supercars. Nope. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nope. I, nope. I'm nope. sure. I'm sure. Speedway. We've had some Jamie Chasty always listens, so if there was someone, he'll know. He'll, yeah, well, I don't think there's anyone that's gone from drag racing to supercars, uh, yeah, or, or even Australian touring, touring cars. cars yeah. yeah, but I know there's Jamie been some engine listen. builders, a lot of engine builders. Yeah, yeah, um, you know that have had input. Uh, the, the Jamie's good friend um, Mick Marriott. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, went from um, drag racing to uh, porting cylinder heads for touring car teams. Mm. So, yeah, they'll no longer be based in Sydney. They'll be moving to either Melbourne or Brisbane. So, congratulations to Peter. We're looking forward to seeing what happens there. Hey, we've got some breaking news that literally landed on my inbox just before the podcast started. I can confirm that Chris Dawson, Police Commissioner for Western Australia, has been listening to our podcast and has heeded my advice. On our last episode, we went to town on the WA police in, in investing in Ford Rangers <laughs> and how easy they topple over. So the WA police department can confirm that they have just purchased, this is breaking news, this is off hot off the press, 55, 5, 5 Skoda Superb Wagons to hit the WA police force this year. All-wheel drive, 206 kilowatt, 300 newton meters, the, tur- the four-cylinder turbo version. There is this go. for the canine squad? No, this is for... This is for... <laughs> no, I've never <laughs> seen that face before. What does that traffic, mean? <laughs> this is for traffic enforcement group. So there you go. <laughs> Where come when, I said they should get, <laughs> when I said they should get some different vehicles, I didn't think they had the Skoda in mind. But anyway... Skoda I, I superb wagon it is. Can unofficially confirm that a Skoda 
is quite the rocket ship and will keep up with most modern Euro cars, including Golf GTIs. Well, 206 kilowatts, or it's all-wheel drive, 305 newton metres of torque. 206, I remember when HSVs didn't make 206 kilowatts. Yeah, 195, I remember. My, my five-litre in my Fairmont made uh, only 165. There you go. So it, it's, you know, that's, anyway, Chris Dawson, no, look, I'm, I'm saying that in jest, but this is a legitimate story. This, uh, this, the story is legit. Chris Dawson was I thought he'd to be us. too busy stopping people from entering the motorplane. <laughs> 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 in a home. What happens at, at Wanneroo now? Same thing. Double, same same double jab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double yeah, jab. applies. Hey, the 17th running of the Hot Rod Magazine Drag Week has been announced this week, so it'll start and end in Memphis for the 30th anniversary year of the original Hot Rod Magazine Fastest, uh, fastest Street, street car, car Shootout. So yeah. it commences Sunday, 18th of September. Do you remember that? Vaguely, yeah, no, vaguely. I, I've got to be honest with you, This that was 17 odd years Rod ago. Rod Sabery? Yeah. Ringing a bell? No. No, no the Corvette? <laughs> um, we can... Just another news story, Valentino Rossi has become the next chapter of his racing career, signing up to compete in the GT World Champion, uh, GT World Challenge in Europe, uh, joining Team WRT, that is an Audi, what is it Todd, an Audi R8 LMS, um, the number 46, so we'll see the number 46 again, so looking forward to seeing that, uh, and Valentino Rossi participating in that, I think it's a 10, 10 race championships, so... So, have you guys had the opportunity to check out the um, the Brad Pitt uh, uh, narrated documentary on MotoGP? No. No, not yet. It's in my list. It's, it's, uh, is it called The Apex? Yes, that's it. Oh, isn't it Hitting the Apex? Hitting the Apex yeah, or Driving the, the Apex, yeah. something like that? Yeah. He says in that documentary, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen it, he says in that documentary that he will always be racing. He was he just switched from two wheels to four. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I think he always had a passion to race. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. He's been doing some. He did some races last year as well in the same team. So it'll be really interesting to see how he goes. Hey, we're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back with more of the Talking Power podcast right after this. All right, Talking Power Podcast, episode 130, and we're back on 88.5 FM as well. Hello to all of our 88.5 FM listeners and uh, all of our listeners across iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast, and wherever you listen to wherever us. Wherever else, yeah, that's right. Now, you know, Nick, COVID has had a, a huge, I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about it, but it's had a huge effect um, on all aspects of life and car sales in particular mm. the the increase in demand for four-wheel drives has just been astronomical it, it has and this kind of surprised me i'm still i'm still kind of surprised that the toyota hilux pipped number one again in units in units sold mate that that's not the surprising the ford ranger being number two and only being like 2600 units or 2500 units behind it that's the amazing part i mean are these people crazy i hope they're not going to tow anything with them that's up 22.7 percent on last year that's unbelievable Ranger, Ranger Look, the, the, the hilux isn't 
that remarkable because it's kind of like I want the Land Cruiser, but. I don't want to pay $150,000. Yeah, yes. right. <laughs> so, you know, I'll buy a Lambo instead. <laughs> I, I look, I, I, was, I was amazed. And Toyota took number one spot overall as well. So. Oh, well, look, you know, you look at the, the top five and three of them are Toyotas, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, top, so, yeah, in the top four, three of them are Toyotas. So Hilux, number one. Ford Ranger, number two. Toyota RAV4, number three. Toyota Corolla, number four. Hyundai i30. That was a bit of a surprise. No. Up 23%. Nah. Yeah, a lot of higher cars. Okay. Now, the RAV4. The RAV4 is an interesting one. What Toyota's done there is, you know, normally you build a car mm. for a particular market. So something like, say, the 86. You know, young dude, like, wants to be cool. Thinks he can drift. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the kind of the. Mo- Would you agree, Todd? Yeah, I'm just laughing. That's just for, <laughs> but they're a cool car. Don't get me wrong. But they, no, they, 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 you know, that <laughs> it's not like that car is designed for any other market. It's specifically for that. Now the Rav Four, when it came out, that like I remember when they came out, it was really going after that Suzuki Sierra, that kind of you know where you're going to go to the beach, couple mm. of surfboards strapped on the roof, and what they've done, Toyota's been very smart in marketing. Instead of sticking with that formula, they've stayed with that their customers as they've gotten older. So, you know, the RAV4 got a little bit more serious, a little bit bigger, you know, then it got a little bit bigger, and then it became a miniature Land Cruiser. <laughs> yeah, it's a much bigger car. I just test drove one the other day, and I haven't done the, the review on it yet, but you'll see the review on the RAV4. It was the... It was a hybrid version or drive version, and uh, it's actually no. I won't say a large car, but it's uh, it's, it's not small. It's, it's a not like bigger original. than what it was. I've driven one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas the Jiminy, oh, stayed pretty true. I mean, the, the new one's a little bit bigger, but it's still a relatively the 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 original Jiminy. To me, that's like LJ fifty, LJ eighty yeah, all yeah, over yeah. again. You know, which I mean, I had a ball with mine. I love those cars. Yeah, um, but I'm not going to pay forty five grand for a Jimmy. You beat me to it. I better say I can't, cannot justify the price of the new one. It's highway robbery. Yeah, but I think a lot of that's the, the you know, the C O V I D tax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a, and it has a, it has a cult following that they're 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 playing but, to. But the so old ones have gotten price too. Like, well, and, certainly they've and gone up significantly. And yeah. on this list, the, the big loser, in my opinion, the big winner, the MG for sure. To, to get in the top 10, mate, for a car that everyone took as a bit of a joke not that long ago. Availability. That's mm. still amazing. Still amazing to get in the top 10. So the MG is at number 10. It's 18,000 units. It's up 235% on but last year. The big loser is the Prado. Yeah, it's, yes. not, yeah, it's not even on, on the list. <laughs> Oh, sorry, it is on the list, but... In number eight. Number eight. Number yeah. eight spot. It's still up 18% on last year. The interesting one, negative 7.2%, is the RAV4, but I think that's availability, purely yeah. availability. More than likely. Mm. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. So talking about four-wheel drives, mm. well, they're not four-wheel drives. <laughs> they, they, they think they're four-wheel drives. Sometimes they think they're one-wheel drives. Anyway, stadium trucks, Nick. Yes, they're off. They're off to back to the United States. I think they're getting shipped today as we record this podcast. Yes. The 17th of, for those that are listening, the 17th of January, 2022. Your thoughts I, on that, Nick? 
Uh, I think it's sad. I enjoyed the stadium trucks, but completely understand why. I think if was you it look, the burnout? No, nah, Robbie, Robbie Gordon in Darwin. That was Robbie Gordon in Darwin. Oh, years ago now, though. Yeah, a lot of water's gone under yeah, the bridge. You know, then. mate. You know how it works in politics. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think it was. It's a. It's a. Uh, I think it's a, a economical decision. Yeah. It's at the end of the day. There, as I said to you guys in, that, in my text message, there's enough support categories across Australia now to support the supercar series. They don't need the stadium trucks. That costs them money to run those things. Yeah. They were horrible. I'm sorry. I, 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 I love watching those types of vehicles in their environment. Mm. Yeah, yeah you know? in their environment. Yeah, definitely. Um, but putting them around the track, just, yeah. you yep. know. Yep. The other thing that was disappointing, they're all one make as well. And I know, I know they're all just bodies, but at least put a Ford one-on-one and... A, you know what I mean, an Isuzu D-Max on another one and whatever it may be, Silverado or whatever you call it, 2600 so, on the other one. You know what I mean? Like, just change them up a little bit. So what happened to the the Utes, the diesel Utes? No, they're still running them, but they've changed them to V8s now. Oh. So they're a V8 package. So, oh. yeah. Again, I haven't they seen have plenty them Plenty of room for batteries. <laughs> That'd be where you, you test the waters. <laughs> Look, I mean, like I said, the stadium truck's disappointing, but completely understand it. It doesn't didn't make sense. The scale of economy just wasn't there to to support that sort of that to support that sort of thing. So yeah. I completely understand why why they're gone. I you know completely understand it. Hey, while we're talking about new cars and 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 whatnot, there was a, an article that I came across the other day. It was um, the true cost of owning a car in twenty twenty two. And I don't know if you guys realise, but basically fifteen percent of on average this is on average. Fifteen percent of our income goes into the you know in, in servicing our transport needs. So I just thought that was quite an amazing figure there, and you know we can break it down into basically uh, loan repayments, fuel maintenance, and tires. Um, it's a hundred. This is we're talking weekly here. One hundred and sixty. One hundred and sixty-six dollars forty-one cents. <laughs> In repayments, $78 in fuel and $30 on maintenance and tyres. So that's quite a large, large number when you when you come to think of it. So what they're saying is, even though, and the COVID tax, as we, as we just spoke about before, is lifting the price of new cars. The only thing is they still believe that the silver lining is that interest rates will remain low. So it's still reasonably affordable to, to buy a new car in the in the coming years yeah i don't know you know there's a lot of debate right now about what's going to happen with the interest rates so many economists have argued that because of omicron Mm. is that omicron i think is that how you pronounce it it's (laughs) greek they keep going by the greek greek yeah yeah but they missed a few yeah, I know. They missed I a few. I don't know who dictates the naming of viruses. <laughs> Is there a world virus? Probably. I don't know. Anyway, because it's had such a dramatic effect um, and because, you know, there's so many measures in, they feel that they might not be able to put them up. So, so in case you don't follow, I follow the interest rates like, you know, a hawk follows a mouse because it has an effect on our uh, exchange rate and because I buy so many parts from America 
you know, I need to buy at the right time. So when there's speculation, it has a big effect on, on the Australian dollar. And when I say a big effect, you could see a swing of five cents wow. when, you know, when there's some, like, new announcements. So um, the Federal Reserve going back, uh, you know, pre-COVID was talking about interest rates. And then when we got in the thick of COVID and we had the big economic downturn as a result of that, um, they said that they would not be touching the interest rates till 2024. And then uh, towards the middle of last year, they said, oh, you know, we might have to put them up in 2023. And then just before the new variant came out, they were saying, yeah, we're going to put them up in 2022. And now they're back to, oh, you know, we might not put them up. Speaking of costs, also just adding on to that, insurance costs have gone up as well. So the average cost per week for insuring your car, this is average, $25.76. That's a lot of money, $25 a week Mm -hmm. for insurance on your vehicle. So, um, Unless, of course, if you're with Shannon's. All right, Talking Power Podcast, episode 130. Chase the eight, what are your thoughts, guys? It's going to be interesting. Proof of vaccination will be required to get into that Chase the eight. Just, do, do we know the so rules know. yet? The rules are on the website. I don't they know are. if I'm okay. the top of my, yeah, off the there top you of go. my head. Yep. Um, <laughs> Nitro Slam, January 29. Get on down for that one there. It's going to be a huge event. Motivation, oh, February. Nitro Slam, did you see Kyle... Yeah, sorry, I should have mentioned that straight up. Kyle's license, the top fueler. Another top fueler in Western Australia. Yeah, but like, I don't think you guys uh, probably get the the whole levity of that. Um, That car, the setup that's in it, Mm -hmm. it's been set up so it can compete in a nostalgia uh, deal. So Rory's put these rules together in collaboration with a number of other races across Australia so that you can get a big show car and run it at a nostalgia event by mm-hmm. changing the overdrive and you know what other other bits and pieces fuel pump etc. I'm not sure. Not I'm not a hundred percent versed because uh, it's nitro and it nitro. I don't know anything about. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so so the significance is he went five seventy. Well, that's about on par for a nostalgia nitro yeah, deal okay. so you know off the bat straight up he's at the pointy end mm. which is you know it, it's incredible i mean it's people look at it and go oh they should run 470s yeah when they're they're set on you know the overdrive and the fuel pump size and everything for a big show but that's not what he's running he's running a, a set of rules that have been set up to make it even playing field with the mm. um, 671 cars yeah okay. so you know hats off to those guys amazing absolutely amazing um to piece something together from nothing mm. and come out and smash out a number like that during licensing incredible hats it off is them. literally out of nothing because that's their first outing in their yeah. vehicle yep very first outing so yeah nitro slams on the 29th of january motivations on february 4 to 6 as well uh, can't wait for this the 51st western nationals featuring top fuel top door slammer top fuel motorcycle and of course the summit sportsman series for the australian drag racing championship that is the long weekend in western australia march
March 5 and 6. Supercars at Wanneroo Raceway, April 30 and May 1st. And this is what I'm really excited about, TA2 at Wanneroo Raceway and then the week after at the Collie Motorplex. So that'll be July 23 to 24 and July 30 and 31. Uh, Looking forward to that, to say the least. Anyway, on that note, we'll bring this podcast to an end. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming in. It was great to have you here. Uh, We'll do it all again in a couple of weeks' time. Look forward to seeing you all then. See you, Mick. See ya. Talking Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.